Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a nutritionist and an exercise physiology professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, Rob Fortress Fortney, former editor at Muscle Man International, former competitive bodybuilder, and all-around strength enthusiast, competitive powerlifter. Sweet. Um, today, it's going to be Rob and I, it looks like. Um, we've got some news, as usual. We've got some reader mail. Um, in fact, I think I'll start with a little bit of the science news, because it's... Yeah. Um, thematic with, well, with each other anyway, and uh, yeah, let me share some of this here. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, okay, on our first batch here, uh, if listeners have been tuning in to recent episodes, uh, you know that I've been trying to do this sort of work my way up toward five sets of five kind of thing, just to improve time under tension, instead of my old way, which was, you know, build up to a single heavy set. Uh, you know, get in my half a dozen reps or what have you, and then, you know, move on to other movements. Well, uh, a couple of these articles really sort of support that thinking. Now, not exactly because the methods differ, but if you just look at some of the, uh, even the titles, they make a lot of sense. The first one is uh, Upper Body Work Capacity and One Rep Max uh, Prediction are Unaltered by Increasing Muscle Strength. So, again, upper body work capacity unaltered by building your strength. And this is in college football players. Okay, so um, let me think about that for a second. Say that one more time. Your work capacity, right. in this case, I, I believe it's the bench press, yes, okay. it is, uh, is unaltered by increasing your max, one rep max. Piece. Okay, so, so bettering absolute strength doesn't affect your, okay, gotcha. Right, doesn't necessarily make you more of a workhorse. Sure, sure. Um, the purpose of the study was to assess changes in upper body muscle strength and work capacity following off-season resistance training and the resultant effect on prediction of muscular strength. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on just one part of this, but they had 56, uh, no, 58 Division II football players. Uh, they did some one rep uh, max in the bench press, and then they also did repetitions to failure. So that's how they're measuring work. They're not really doing the, you know, many, many sets of five. They're just doing, you know, how many reps can you do? Again, to look at muscular work, right? Force times distance. How many times can you move the bar up and down? Uh, I'm just going to cut to the bottom here. After doing the one rep max and the repetitions of failure and then having them train, in conclusion, changes in muscle strength, muscular strength, associated with the off-season training program appear to have little effect on work capacity. Hmm. I mean, boom, there it is. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Breshew and Mayhew. It's a Journal of Strength Conditioning Research. It's a 2009 paper. But I was very interested in that because I think maybe conventional thinking is that if you get your one rep max sky high, you can easily, you know, do lots of reps with moderate weights. Yeah. Um, but this is one of those things. That it might be true in uh, novice persons, but, you know, like yeah. so many times we've talked about on this show, you know, things fall apart when you try to get people who are quite strong. I was actually going to mention that, yeah. I think that would certainly more, more be more applicable to people who are less, you know, uh, advanced or elite because as, I mean, further to what you just said, 
as we've said on the in the past um certainly when you're talking about you know oh well if you can you know do if this is your absolute max then you can do you know 5 of 5 with 85%. Well, I mean, that's one thing to say when your max is, like, as we've said, like, you know, 250, and another thing to say when your max is 950. Right. Well, if I can use myself as an example, and I'm not a, a elite strength-wise, but I'm, I, I, I'm at least accomplished, I think. So let's say I can squat, I don't know, four and a quarter, something like that, and I've been trying to do five sets of five, and I just got done with, you know, five sets of five with 355. That is brutal on me. Yeah. Um, so, and again, yeah, so just, and I, if I got my one rep max up to, let's say, I don't know, 495, like it once was, let's say, would that translate automatically that I could do, t- you know, five sets of five with, you know, uh, I don't know, 395 or, you know, a much higher weight? Probably not. So uh, it's just interesting that one rep max is not the same as work capacity. And I think that's probably one of the pop reasons for the popularity of some of these sort of you can call it West Side model or whatever it is, where they have, you know, fairly high volume days, but they separate it out instead of trying to do reps all at once. And admittedly, yeah. that's what they did in this study was reps all at once. But I also know. think it needs to be said that, and I, I know you will not disagree, that you have to. I'm, the strongest factor in this whole thing for those kind of you know like attributes where resistance training is concerned is the whole concept again. Of just a person's genetic makeup and you know their proclivity towards betterment in certain areas. Well, I um, think you, that's you've true, often yeah. often made the point about me being you know to, to use your work, your kind of word, um, you know, to be a workhorse kind of thing. And I I've always been good at that. I've always been able to lift yes, a have. lot of weight. Yeah. Constantly, like I can, I can do like if I can do one set of four or five for ten on the squat, then given enough rest between sets, I could pretty much go. <laughs> Forever, right? So, do multiple, multiple sets yeah, of that, um, right? I, and Whereas, not, see, I'm not that way, dude, and you know that I right. am not. Well, that's um, why actually one of the re- and, and the fact that I've been able to do, I can do that, um, and I've always been kind of good at doing that is one of the reasons that I think that I've come over, you know, quarter century of training consistently that I've been able to be as heavy as I am, you know, without the assistance of drugs is just a bit, you know, because because I've always said like when you want to be really large, you know, after consistent training. If you're not using drugs, the best way to do that is to just basically compound volume with, um, you know, considerable weight over many, many, many years. And I mean, that's why the whole kind of concept in bodybuilding of, you know, pump it up, pump it up. I mean, you know, people, strength athletes kind of, you know, look down on that, oh, pump it up, pump it up. But the truth of the matter is there is validity, in my opinion, to that whole concept. Again, not just like, you know, the typical, you know, 15-pound dumbbell pump thing but i mean for as hypertrophy, far as right yeah 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 and we've well, talked about that the whole thing about you know um, time under tension and exactly and all that right. kind of thing yeah you read my mind right because joey antonio recently was uh spreading around another study about the effectiveness of time under tension and i think i will say this a caveat for people out there who are you know not built like a refrigerator um you know but maybe built a little bit more like myself is I am brutalizing myself. I will be honest. I, I'm not going to be able to keep this up you know, indefinitely. I'm going to have to switch gears back to bodybuilding for a while and then come back to some of this. Um, because I'm telling you, five sets of five with 355 or you know, my next round will be with 365. That's 25 reps with 365 pounds you know, over the course of the workout, yes. And I think that's the cleverness of some of these systems is that by adding more sets – 
and not trying to do it all at once, you can actually apply that much volume with such a high weight. You know, you know what? And that's, it is brutalizing yeah. me, dude. I mean, my shoulders are grinding, my hips hurt. Yeah, and, but you know, you have to also remember that, even though I say that, you know, I do have kind of a national affinity for that type, that type of thing, and maybe the negative aftermath of doing so might not be as profound as yours. I still don't. I, I certainly don't want to give the impression that doing some of that crazy shit, you know, yeah. doesn't do something to me. I remember when I finally did 315 on squat for 10 sets of 10, and um, I thought that was really awesome. But I thought, oh man, I'm totally. I'm my my goose is cooked, you know, for the next week. Yeah. And truth be told, I didn't get sore at all. I didn't get sore at all. However, it's nutty. To, to imply that I didn't feel bagged for two or three days would be a lie. So while I was completely yeah. shocked and, so, and at the fact that I didn't get sore, and I'm still kind of proud of that, the fact of the matter is it, it's not like it didn't suppress me. I always use this word a lot, but, it, you know, I suppress. It yeah. did suppress me to a degree, I mean, for over the next two or three days. I mean, you're well, kind Rob, of, I'll tell you, that's something that I, I like, feel that. You're, right, like limp, the, you're like a limp noodle, you know what I mean? Yes, it's kinda, with the powerlifting, right. That's, that's something that over the last almost year I've been doing this, there's less of that stinging muscle soreness that I would get through a very intense bodybuilding training and much more of, like you say, almost that like heavy legs, that suppression, yeah. like your nervous system just it, – it, it, it peaks so high, it's got to slow down for a while. It yeah, just you'll, the, 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 the wattage is much less than the – and that's the way I look at it. Your electricity – your vitality, if you want to that use that. You're dumping down the wires, your, yeah. Your life force, if that's a good word. All these things, I mean the same kind of thing. But that, those things, your life force, vitality, those things definitely get suppressed. And going back to something you said there a few minutes ago, yeah, that's why I always, um, you know, it, it, the analogy in automobiles is always, you know, speed kills. And I always say to people, that you know, to to kind of correspond with that to resistance training, volume kills. Volume is very important, and volume can be, like I said, volume can, can be, you know, your number one tool to, to achieve, you know, certain amounts of size and muscular body weight and so forth. But it really has to be, you know, managed accordingly. And that's, why, yeah. and that's why I always tell people, you know, look at total aggregate total in a workout. You know what I mean? Like, some people don't really realize how much you're doing. Like, again, 315, 10 sets of 10. I mean, that's like, what, th- over 30,000 pounds in right. one exercise. And you know, it, Rob, that's where I'm doing things so differently now is I call it my weekly dose of iron. You know, and I don't mean ferrous sulfate in a pill. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. time under a bar, rusty bar. And I look at it like a total dose. And I think for me, I'm going to have to fine tune this because I think, I don't know if I would call them junk reps because, you know, they're still in a fairly uh, high weight range for me. But I'm thinking maybe. Four sets of four or four sets of five is going, to, is going to be better than the five sets of five because my joints just won't have it. Yeah, and, you know? and also just again, I mean, sometimes um, the, you have to take the consideration of the weight you're using. I mean, some people think, oh, you know, like a like we're talking about, right? A 225 bench is not very heavy, right? Um, but again, depends how you're doing it, how many sets, and again, the total volume of it. I defy anybody to do, you know, a perfect 10 sets of 10 with 225, pausing every rep with slow controlled negatives, and tell me at the end of it, you know, that 225 was a light workout for them that day. You know, Rob, that's interesting you say that, because last week I did, I just did, um, I think it was four sets of four or something, uh, just at the stage I'm at right now in the progression, with 245, and I was doing them very slowly, and I got really sore. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, no, and that's that's what I'm saying. So it's it's when you and anybody who has been around resistance training for long enough in whatever dis- discipline it is knows that you can't just hear the number and say, well, that's weak, that's wimpy, that's great. That's what are the variables? Just like in powerlifting. Sadly, as it's become today, you can't just go off with a guy squat 785. How much did he weigh? How, how old was he? What gear did he use? Did he use any gear? Was he on drugs? Was he not on drugs? Monolift stance. Just as with that, the, the same could be said for just gym lifts in training. You can't just hear somebody say, well, he did this. Well, what were the variables that he did it? Again, like, I mean, you know, I mean, people maybe don't think 225 or 315 on the squat is all that great. But again, what are the variables? I mean, you know, it's, I've seen guys right. who squat, I've literally seen guys who squat in competition with, you know, light gear and stuff, squat seven, 800 pounds that really get completely destroyed squatting 315 raw, Olympic style for two sets of 10, you know? Um, so, yes, so, exactly. So it, yeah. it's, again, and these are the things that, you know, the more and more you become entrenched in this whole thing and understand, know these things, the more, you really have to see that it's like you don't want to be an ass about it, but at the same time, it's kind of goes back to that you know that my favorite band Rush from Canada, right? They you know show don't tell. It's like okay, I heard it, but like I mean, at least if I trust you, I need to know what the variables that went into that are. You know, what I mean, it just right. can't be like because as you and I know, there's a million guys on YouTube again using this squat as an example, or you know bench press. You know, here I am benching 365, and it's like you watch, you're like that that's not even remotely. This guy's not even remotely close to capable of benching 365. No, Did he have well, that's why I, I just wanted to be able to yes, share he had this. Yes, three sixty-five right? I mean, on the bar, but yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, I think this is a two thousand nine paper, this Breshu and Mayhew paper, but it just it basically is showing that you one rep max is sort of uncoupled from you know work volume, okay, you know the yeah. ability to do work, and I think that's just sort of interesting. Right? No, it is interesting because yeah, because I mean your natural inclination always is always to believe that. Well, you know, last year I benched two seventy-five for great rep. Now I can do, do 320, so, you know, that means I can – not necessarily, again. So, it's yeah, it's absolutely something um, – food for thought, for sure. Well, that, and that's what – I'm taking great pride, actually, in being able to do, you know, what I consider just multiple sets, like back under the bar with the same, the same weight. The weight itself, maybe not going to impress anybody, but I, it's giving me a sense of pride that I'm back under it again and again, and I'm looking at that bar thinking, I'm going to own you again, you know, yeah. and I mean, that just gets me rolling like a, motive, a locomotive, I just really enjoy and that's it. What, you know, and, and this also, put, you know, just to kind of go off a side note a little bit again, this brings up again something that we bring up, talk about a lot. There's one more, more than one way to skin the cat with this concerned. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, some one of the best, you know, beyond just adding weight, increasing more intensity through adding more poundage lifted or all those types of things to increase, you know, the, the probability of hypertrophy in your training. I mean, little things that people don't think about, because as I was alluding to several minutes ago, about the whole thing about total ag- aggregate total, I mean, if you look at something, you say, okay, you know what, um, you know, in my lower body workout, I've been lifting on, on average, whatever, right, four, 5,000 pounds total for the last few months. The next time you go in, if, if things aren't really happening and you're not really at a point where you want to put more poundage on her, look at the clock. You know, and I think in the Joe Weider, you know, pantheon of, you know, training, um, what, what do they call it, Lonnie? The Joe Weider's training, um, principles. training principles. He calls it quality training. Okay. The whole idea of, you know, less rest or so forth. So, I, And what I'm coming to is, again, if you're averaging, again, just hypothetically, say 4,000 pounds and you're, you know, last couple months of lower body training, you know, and you and you notice the clock, and you notice you pretty much always get it done in 90 minutes. 
simply doing the same amount of work volume and shaving 10, 12, 15 minutes right. off that, it's amazing how much Well, by that definition, is. that's greater power, right? Power is work over time. Well, so that's the same amount of work in less time. Right. So it's know. just like, and it's amazing. These are little ways that people can, again, because we're not always, I mean, we talk about this too. You're never always, you know, feeling your full druthers and you want to go in the gym and you want to say, okay, well, I'm going to throw more, more weight on. Because, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, no one can go in the gym. We talk about this all the time through our through our references to things like punching the clock. Yeah. Nobody can make advances and, and better right. everything linear every and time. Linear and eternal advances are right. right. I mean, you can always work on technique and stuff, and certainly we encourage that absolutely. But you can't always add another two-and-a-half-pound plate in the bar. You can't always add another set or another. But what you can do is you can try and shave off 30 seconds off your rest period between your, you know, primary multi-joint movement of the day or something. And it's amazing how much doing that, you can actually shock yourself into being like, I can't believe that, you know, what the, the same, the, the, the essentially the same routine that I was doing two months ago that it took me 90 minutes to do, I can do it now in 50, you know, in like 55 minutes. Exactly. You know, and, and, and so the, again, like I said, started this whole thing. There's more than one way to skin the cat. So, you know, and, and people need to be aware of these types of things. Because well, and I'm after hypertrophy, right? Just like you're saying, if you're not going to continue to up the intensity, as in the amount of weight on the bar, I mean, I, I'm interested in strength to be sure, but also, you know, I'm doing this whole stint in powerlifting mostly for, to see if I can't, you know, thicken up areas that I've just never uh, really focused on in this way before. Yeah. Uh, and let me share one more study before we get to some of our reader mail. And that, by the way, everyone, then we're going to get to our topic of the day, which is big eats, and that'll be fun. Rob's got some great tales. I think we both do of of uh, heroic consumption. <laughs> There's my word right. of food. Um, but this is a, another one. This really gets at what amount of load, like you said, almost the aggregate. Uh, before you start to enter junk rep range. Now, this is going to be different for everybody, and we've already kind of clarified that, but this is a, a paper by Nick Bird, who we've had on the show before. He works in Stu Phillips' lab, and this is truly, pro- I would argue, the world-class laboratory on you know the effects of weight training and protein supplementation and muscle growth. And this study is a 2010 paper in Journal of Physiology, a top-tier journal, Resistance Exercise Volume, affects myofibrillar protein synthesis and anabolic signaling in young men. So let me just read this very quickly. We aim to determine if any mechanistic differences exist between a single set and multiple sets, meaning three, of resistance exercise by using a primed constant infusion of a labeled amino acid, and we're trying to determine myofibrillar protein synthesis. So literally getting at, you know, the actin and myosin muscle specific, not just overall, you know, general protein synthesis. Um, They did, now they did unilateral leg extension exercises uh, with 70% of their max, their concentric maximum, uh, to volitional fatigue. Um, So that's what they're trying to get at here, but bear with me. Biopsies from the vastus lateralis were taken. So, you know, a Rice Krispie sized little hunk of muscle from the outer thigh, lateral aspect of the thigh. In the fast teardrop for people who are wondering that uh, fasted and fed state, and then twenty grams of protein were were you know uh, were basically given to them. And anyway, I can cut to the bottom. Uh, the bottom line is three sets induced greater activation of these different uh, translation factors. These uh, you know uh, parts of the metabolic pathway that turn on uh, protein synthesis. Uh, these data suggest that three sets of resistance exercise is more anabolic 
than one set and it, and may lead to greater increases in myofibrillar protein accretion over time. Right. So I, I, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked at that, that three sets is better than one. But believe it or not, physiologists still sometimes argue yeah. is is one set enough? You know, it's almost back to what was it Arthur Jones or something? Arthur Jones, and the, yeah, and then of course Mike Menzer took up the mantle with a heavy duty, and then that was popularized in the modern world by Dorian Yates, who was famous for kind of doing one heavy work setter for things. Yeah, but let's, uh, together, yeah. let's put these pu- these puzzle pieces together though. Our first study, you know, mentioned that one rep max does not automatically make you a workhorse, and this study says you better be doing three sets. You know, mm-hmm. uh, certainly it's better than one. And I've talked to Nick before, and I'm almost sure three sets is probably about the optimal amount if you go much beyond that. And again, papers like this, I'm putting two and two together, and I'm saying, you know, maybe yeah. four sets of four, you know, or four sets of five will be enough because I tend to be more on the ectomorphic side of the scale. I mean, compared to the average Joe, no, I'm very heavily muscled, I guess, but compared to most of the power lifters who listen, you know, I am not built, like I said, like a refrigerator. Like when I look at you, Rob, you're like this giant rectangle of a man and you can just work and work and work. And Pure aesthetics, baby. Pure aesthetics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know. And so I, I put these things together and I think, you know, we're really on to something here by instead of trying to up the reps in a single set, you can continue to add sets in a very heavy range until you just destroy yourself or just run yourself into the ground and so I'm thinking, at least like for me, and it may be true of the ectomorphs out there, that maybe four sets of four to five, I mean, let's face it, when you're doing that in the 350, 400, 450 or more pound range, that's a fair amount of, as you say, aggregate uh, as far as total work done. Adds and up so, fast. You know, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of a clever way around it, too, because it, it's a way to continue to keep your muscles under tension and go after hypertrophy. Again, this last study I talked about, which was... Uh, you know, from Nick Bird and, and those guys up there in, in Toronto, uh, you know, that's what that's about, hypertrophy, really. So, and again, that's that's a big interest of mine. So. You know, I just wanted to say quickly, I read in the Toronto Star just the other day, they were um, just, you know, nothing. interestingly enough, and I, I, I obviously I'm not a scientist like you are, so I can't really, you know, dig between the lines, but they were saying that there's starting to be some sort of evidence that those who engage an intense exercise, and they actually used weight training as, as their example, over t- long periods of time can actually affect and change their DNA. Oh, yeah. To the point that the offspring, say you have two people who are like, you know, you yes, have sir. like, like you, you, you know, like my equivalent, female equivalent, and I had, had children, that, that what we do and have done for many, many years, can actually change our DNA so much that it affects their DNA. Or your, it could skip your children and be your great-grandchildren. If anybody's interested, on YouTube, Rob, I suggest you try it too, um, type in epigenetics and look around. There's some free sort of – it's Nova or Discovery Channel or something. I've actually shown it in class before. Uh, not lengthy. It's sort of a chopped up video on epigenetics. Epigenetics is the new science, fairly new science of nature and nurture and where they come together. So, for example, when we map the human genome, we know our blueprint. You think, oh, we know it all. No, we don't, because what you do in your environment and your lifestyle flicks genes on and off. Mm. And the fascinating thing about epigenetics is not only does it flick it off for you now, like maybe if you do lots of exercise and you eat your fruits and vegetables, you don't get, you know, you keep the gene turned off for colon cancer or whatever, but you can actually pass on those 
flipped on or flipped off genes to future generations and give them a better chance. Yeah. So that's amazing, and it increases our responsibility that if at least we're going to be reproductive, then you know your choice to smoke, let's say, or be completely sedentary actually hurts other people if you yeah. have kids. You know, and, and it can is, hurt your grandchild that doesn't even know you, or great-grandchild. You know, and, so. and this whole thing can be catalyst to, to discussions that certainly can verge on being politically incorrect, as you know. But, um, you know, I, I've made mention in the past, and I make no bones about it, that, you know, I, you, sometimes you look at bloodlines of people, and you can see, <laughs> I mean, I, it, this sounds horrible, but you can see kind of where it's going and where or where it's come from you know and well certainly was, if you look at well think about the royal bloodlines of the egyptians or i'm trying to think of the different um there's been different royal lines and from different countries and you know civilizations through history that inbred and again that's where you're saying you know these things go bad you're like we've got a good set of genes here let's keep it in the family you know yeah and then yeah, unfortunately yeah. they overdo it and there's actually incest and things like that you know yeah. like that like in, in some parts of the you know the royal families throughout egypt and after a generation or two you start to see these you know horrible almost genetic diseases uh yeah. starting to appear you know and, yeah and this is why a lot of this stuff is kind of like just feeds itself right you get somebody who's has, has mental issues and, you know, it makes that even much worse through substance abuse all their life than they, you know, impregnate, you know, their equivalent that's the same kind of a thing and, you know, they're uneducated and kind of, and, and that goes on and on and on. Pass I it mean, on. Yeah. yeah. And again, we're not, we're not trying to be judgmental or, or crappy here about anything, but again, this is stuff that's certainly interesting and worth, worth thinking about. And on the other side of the coin, you're talking, you're talking about past societies, Lonnie. Certainly, we always bring up the whole idea of Spartans and so forth because we love that kind of thing so much around here. I mean, they lit that in the beginning of 300 it shows them saying, you know, if the baby was weak or you know frail or sickly, they tossed the baby away. And I've heard that's actually very true that they did that, you know, because their whole thing was we have to keep, you know, we we, we want right. the strongest sort of eugenics programs. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, and, and they, so it's it's basically and, and animals do that in the animal kingdom, do they not? I mean, I, again, I'm not an animal expert, but I've certainly seen shows in the past that show sometimes a mother will kill her her own offspring because you know she has a litter of X amount of whatever, and one is just shows itself to be extremely weaker, needing more help, or you know, and and they they leave it to die or go so far as to, to you know chomp on its neck and kill it, you know, kind of a thing like you know it's it's. And again, you can look at it like, is it cruel, is it not cruel? But in the grand scheme of the, gal the galaxies, I once heard it said, there is really, truly no such thing as right and wrong. When you, you know, when you look at it from a broad spectrum of the universe. Well, biology doesn't care what we want or what our ethics are. You right. Know, bi biological uh, fitness is not the same thing as physical fitness within your present lifetime. Although epigenetics does suggest there's sometimes links between, you know, how we live and literally the genes that we pass on, which is... Which is just to me amazing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so if, if if people are interested, go. I would just go check out. Just do a search on on YouTube for epigenetics. There's, uh, it's. Uh, I'm almost sure it's a Nova program. No, I, I actually wrote, wrote it down when you said it because that that definitely interests me big time. It's fascinating, and maybe uh, in the future I'll I'll go dig around and, and see if I can't find it for people because there's probably tons of stuff. Uh, yeah, and there's probably tons of stuff that you could help the average layperson. But I do I do think it's interesting though that. All this stuff about nature and nurture, this argument, you know, that we were once told, like when I was an undergrad, oh, it's nature and part nurture. Well, epigenetics is that science, and it's actually much more complicated than even genetics. It's epigenetics literally means upon the genes. So how you turn things on and off, it's just outrageously complex. 
Um, but yeah, it's fascinating at the same time. So yeah, yeah we've moved beyond the nature nurture argument, and epigenetics is actually trying to tease apart exactly how different things in your environment switch on certain genes. So pretty cool. Iron radio on the cutting edge. There you go. <laughs> All right, just one more thing before we get to our topic of the day, which is Big Eats, mm-hmm. Tales of Heroic Eating. Um, yeah. We're just going to do a little bit of reader mail in the absence of uh, uh, Phil here. We'll just uh, have fun with some other things. Uh, I'm going to read just the last ten comments on iTunes. We're going to do this every once in a while, but um, I think Rob and I, we've, we've talked about off-air a few times. It, 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 we're sensing the impact that Iron Radio is really having. Um, I'm just going to read you a couple of these. This, this one, it was March 4th. It was just, just penned here um, by Army ATC. I never write reviews, but after listening to all of these podcasts, I feel obligated. My week would not be the same without this podcast. Wow. Dude, thank you, man. Yeah. Um, this next one's by Iron Radio Fan. Love the show. Have listened to every one since the beginning. Always hilarious when Wendler is on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what I always think about Wendler? I think when he says, Lonnie, nobody ever bought more albums because they were Jesus-approved. You know, because <laughs> you know, I'm always bot saying, you know, let's keep down the profanity. I don't want to lose our rating uh, here. Um, this next one, great show, uh, Motivation to Live Strong mm. by Cooptown9. Uh, next one, just found the podcast and love it. Went back and listened to dozens of past episodes as well. Love the powerlifting talk, guys. That's by Tim9412. Uh, so thanks, Tim. Um, Simply the best meathead podcast out there. That's yeah. Like 50. <laughs> Proud meatheads right here, man. That's right. That's right. Now, this next one, um, he kind of uh, qualifies the whole meathead thing a little. Uh, this says, For the Love of Iron by Strider762. Whether you're into powerlifting, bodybuilding, strongman competing, or just love hitting the iron, these guys are totally worth your time. They're all very experienced and science-based and have a variety of interesting guests on. I wish there had been a show like this when I started 20-plus years ago. Oh, man, nice. Actually, you know what, um, Strider, that's why we do it, in fact. I mean, I think it's a big part of the impetus, anyway, is when we were kids, we blundered through making ridiculous mistakes, oh, yes. getting conned by salesmen, you know, and marketing, and, and you know, we're here to cut through the BS. Mm-hmm. Um, Best of its kind uh, by R-E-V-S-L-H. Best show of its kind out there, not boring like some of the others. Would be nice if they did more than one a week. Ooh, dude. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. And I, well, maybe if I, somebody was willing to pay us. If only. At least I could justify because it pays for my groceries or something. <laughs> no, no doubt. And I'll tell you, I mean, we do have supporting members that keeps us electronic. Yes. Yes. But it would be nice to actually bring home a little, uh, you know, make it a real job. And you um, know what? I mean, it, maybe this is the first time that one, any of us has maybe said this, but certainly in the long term, I mean, none of us has certainly is, a, is opposed to having this grow to a point where we can do things like that. You well, know? with one rule, and I think you and I agree, yeah. so long as the advertising money does not influence the content. Nope. You know, absolute nope. rule never to cross. Yeah. If we occasionally sell a book or a... Uh, you know, uh, who knows what, T-shirts, whatever, you know, or even a uh, cheap creatine or whey or whatever it might be. The bottom line is, companies, you don't tell Rob or Phil or Lonnie what to say. Yeah. You simply don't. Hey, compromise is a part of life, but there's some compromises you have to be not be willing to make, that's and right. that's one of them right there. They can stick it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple more. 
Great podcast by T2L Nolte. It looks like it is. Nolte. Uh, great podcast. Best information week in and week out. I listen to you guys on the way to the gym every morning and look forward to downloading the new podcast every week. Keep up what you're doing. Hmm. Uh, the next guy, and I apologize if, if these overlap with some of the last ones. Uh, we've actually expanded to, we have almost 120 reviews up from 70 just a few weeks ago. So things are just really accelerating. Love it. This is by um, Fat Trail Runner is, is the name. Best thing I've heard in 20 years. Just found Iron Radio, totally hooked, knocked all the BS out of my head, and motivated me to start squatting and pulling for the first time in 20 years. Oh, yeah, brother. There was a reference to Hatfield's Compensatory Acceleration. Yes. I had that book back in the day. Yes. Who else on the planet would quote that book? Yeah, me. <laughs> Fortress will. Yeah, baby. We will. <laughs> Anyhow, awesome show with real knowledge. Keep it up. Yeah. And then last one, really like these guys. Listen to four of their podcasts and will probably download the entire backlog. They are not trying to sell you anything, just sharing their experience at competitions, interviewing great guests, and overall trying to help brothers in iron be stronger. That's by James Todd. Yeah. No, so, I, I, it's, uh, yeah we're, not, we're not trying to tell, sell you any past-soiled uh, posing thongs or anything like that. You know, maybe Phil's beard. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> to add fifty pounds to your to your deadlift. Exactly. Just all right, but Rob, you had an email that was. I do, and but just before I get to that, I just want to say because you were bringing up about somebody said about you know you love they love some of the you know the guests and the varieties of guests that we have. Well, I finally have secured. Hopefully, I'm making this public now that um, next week I have Bob Chicharillo um, coming on as a guest. Now, for those of you who are not quite. Um, familiar with who Bob is. Sometimes they call him Chick. This is a guy that's a professional bodybuilder. An IFBB. He holds an IFBB professional card. Now, this guy is a true warrior in bodybuilding. I mean, this guy struggled to get his pro card. Yes, he, dude, for, he has been a fixture at the national level since I was a kid. Me too. You know? Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is a guy that just would not give up. Then he won his pro card. Didn't have, you know, really much of a stellar pro career, but... He got the damn cards, and 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 you and I know both know Lonnie. That's that's no small feat. And this guy was turned away and turned away so many times, and he kept going. I'm telling you, warrior spirit. Now he's he's retired now um, on the competitive side, but he's still very 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 involved in bodybuilding. In the point where he yeah, MCs all sorts of things. And I mean, certainly when he's on next week, we'll ask him about this. I think he just got a contract. Now he switched companies to another big company. Um, and I believe, I can't remember exactly what his official title is, but he's the spokesperson for the, for the IFBB professional athletes, I believe. Oh. So, and he, I, I think he has been for a, a few years. Well, didn't he do, he did Pro Bodybuilding Weekly, which is a big podcast. Yeah, and um, he's got, I mean, and just at the most recent Arnold that, uh, of course, Branch Warren just won again, um. He he has this new thing new thing going on where they just kind of do this almost like this ESPN kind of talk show thing. He has it going on with Peter um, Mago, you know, and uh, they just do kind of chat back and forth about it and stuff. And we, we you know a lot of people on campaign and stuff are kind of trashing on it because because you know at the production values at now because it just started are kind of a little bit less than what they want them to be. But the fact remains is that you know this is a guy that really does you know walk the walk and talk to talk and he. Lives the lifestyle, and he's like you said, Lonnie. I mean, this guy has been around forever. Well, he popularizes the sport now. He, he's really shifted gears into try to spreading the word, hopefully about what's good in bodybuilding. I, I, clearly, the man loves this sport like we do. So, yeah. and like yeah. I say, he's he's always fodder for getting taking shots over getting taking stuff. Like, but and it's it, to be true, a lot of it is funny. But the, but I think 
to those of us who actually do love the sport and have been around for a while, I think it's pretty much, you know, sincere when people like this guy's been around for a long time. He knows what he's talking about. So anyway, yeah, he's supposed to be on next week. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, you know, I'm going to interview him, find out what he's doing these days, get some uh, funny stories from his uh, past as a competitor and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you tune in for that. Rock on. Right. Now, the letter that I want to read that Lonnie is, was uh, referring to is from Michael Klinkner, okay? And this guy um, sent, and I'm just going to read the email, okay? Because it's not that long. So, Dear Lonnie Fortunes and Phil, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I love the informative nature of the content and then the occasional getting up on a soapbox about the importance of lifting heavy and being strong. Yes. There's certainly not enough people in the fitness industry who are saying what you guys preach week in and week out. He is the, I am the director at a group home that works with girls who are victims of sex trafficking. They were forced into prostitution through coercion, pain, and fear. Their wounds are deep and take a lot of work. I can constantly compare the daily grind of lifting to my role here with them, whether I want to or not, whether it is convenient or not, whether it's easy or not. I have to show up every day and be strong. You each serve as inspiration in so many different ways. Thank you so much for the work you do. Um, anyway, he goes on about some other things. that, uh, But basically, thanks again for everything. I hope to hear from you. Anyway, so yeah, I respond to him, no problem, as I try to for most people who email us. And I just said, it's amazing to me, and I know Lonnie it is for you, sometimes the people that we motivate or inspire or affect, you know, out there with this podcast. I mean, here you have this guy who's, again, um, he's a director of res- residential services for, and the, the place is called Streetlight USA, Eradicating Child Sex Slavery. Um, you know, and he's saying that we help him indirectly through his work with these girls and women who, you know, have been exploited and abused and all this kind of stuff. Sometimes reminders to be strong that there's other people pulling for you. You know, life yeah. can wear you down. And I mean, I, Rob, I, your sister is a social worker, I believe. Yes, she is. And my wife is a counselor. Yep. So, dude, we totally understand. And, you know, that's right. Being strong, it goes beyond just uh, moving weights up and down. Yeah, and, and, and this is a part, uh, one line that I, another line, the thing that I want to read, um, I think that would be great for a group of men. He's talking about, you know, um, event, powerlifting events where they have fundraisers and stuff for different charities and stuff. I think it would be great for a group of men to show up and support these girls who so desperately need to see that strong men do not always cause hurt or pain. When I read that, Lonnie, that kind of really like, you know. It does pull at you because, you know, we're, we've always, I've always grown up being sort of striving to be the good guy. You know, almost like the superhero comic book type. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, any kind of power that you acquire through heavy lifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever, you apply it for good. You know, and it's a shame, yeah, that unfortunately there are people out there who are victimized by it. It would be, it would be a noble thing to say, look, these guys are on your side. You know. So. Anyway, so well, I, I, in my letter to him, I told him, uh, Michael, I promised Michael that I would. Um, give a shout-out to the girls and women of Streetlight USA, again, the, the, where he's the director of residential services. Um, so you know what, um, Michael, if you're listening to this, you can turn it on or take it to work and let the girls hear that Iron Radio approves of what you do, and certainly we support all the efforts that these girls and women um, are making towards, you know, um, you know, getting over the hump of, you know, the horrible atrocities that... Absolutely. You know, we, we totally support nonviolence against not only women, but all people. I mean, certainly there's a difference between defending yourself, but certainly just, you know, we're all totally against that. And again, so the big show to you, Michael, Streetlight USA, and all the girls and women there who are, are you know, valiantly trying to get over, you know, some of the crap that was put on them by some shitty men. 
And, right on. You know, and let's not censor that. Shitty men. Because there are oh. some shitty men out there. So. All right. Well, uh, Fortress, let's go to break then. That yes. was, that's a That's a good public service. I love... I really like to try to do that with, with Iron Radio as much as possible. Uh, we're going to go to break, everybody. When we come back, we'll have a, a, a brief topic of the day because there was a lot of science and, you know, reader mail and stuff this time. So yeah. um, when we get back, we'll talk about Big Eats. I know. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us on other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. <laughs> Weekly Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. And one more thing I'd just like to add, that if anybody out there is interested in certainly finding out what they're about, would like to donate, donate your time, or just kind of, you know, help the cause, you can visit Streetlight at www.streetlightusa.org. So, there you go. All right. All right. So, the topic, Big Eats. Um, we've often talked about big weights, and we often talk about eating a lot, and I thought it would be kind of cool, especially when we had that episode just a while back about you know, the extreme aspects of the sport. Mm. Well, eating can certainly be one. And you know what, Rob? I would like you, if you could, to start off with what I consider probably the freakiest display of, of consumption yeah. um, that I've ever heard of. And, I mean, I know he was literally, you know, um, famous for his ability to just shovel in the grub, and that's Gary Stridham. Yeah, and you know, like we've all heard the stories over the years, certainly the, you know, the infamous Victor Richards from, you know, one of the original Mass Monster. I remember him made a huge claim of eating something like 30,000 calories a day or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's, you know, there's, there's limits to everything. But I can honestly say that I actually witnessed um, the scenario that Lonnie is referring to. I was down in Venice, California at the time when Gary Stridham was, I think he was just a year or two after the WBF, um, still massive. I think he was like 285, 290, and very, very lean. And we were at the, again, to use the word, infamous uh, firehouse, which is, which yeah, is a restaurant house. that it, people would know down there from down there that caters very much to bodybuilders because it's only a block or so away from Golds, and most bodybuilders just kind of like walk over after a workout and stuff. Um, and I went over there with, I think it was Lee Priest, Gary Strom, and a few other guys, Jason Mathis. And we were sitting there, and I was sitting in one of the chairs, and Gary was beside me in the booth. Um, 
And I have never in my life seen a human consume more food than that dude. Now, that guy is pretty wealthy. You know, I mean, he owns, a, you know, the clothing um, clothing lines store and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm telling you, this guy was ordering food endlessly over the course of an hour and a half or two. I mean, every time Didn't the waitress... Didn't you say, like, whole chickens, like, one after another or something? Every or... time the waitress came over to clear the plates, thinking <laughs> that that was the end... He would pipe up with some other, you know, could you bring me a bowl of this, a, a plate of that? Can I have another serving of this? This went on endlessly. I mean, his bill, this was a lunch. I, I mean, I, his bill, I, I can't remember the exact number, but I remember it was something absurd, like a couple hundred bucks or something. I mean, and this is a cheap place to eat, by the way. I mean, he was just getting endless serving. You know, bring me six more eggs. Could you bring me another, you know, for grilled cheese sandwich? You know, hey, can you bring me another bowl of oatmeal? Can you bring, I mean, this went on forever and ever. And I mean, I just... I was gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. And that's Fortress we're talking about being gobsmacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I just, <laughs> side note, I remember him sitting, like I said, on the bench beside me at the table, and he was wearing, I mean, this is the early mid-90s, right? So he was wearing the, you know, the classic, you know, the bicycle kind of striped pants that a lot of bodybuilders were And this guy's right. leg, I remember, was so big. <laughs> I mean, Gary Strong was always known for, I mean, it, outside of like Paul DeLette, I would see, you know, Gary Strong probably had the best legs of any man in professional bodybuilding that was like six foot plus. I think you yeah. probably would agree with me, Lonnie. His, yeah, he was very balanced for as tall as he was. Yeah, his leg was just obscene. I mean, <laughs> you know, and this, and he wasn't even like sweating or anything when he was eating because you'd think, okay, he, the guy must have been kind of like huffing and puffing. He was eating it like he was just like eating a fruit salad over course Uber. of it, Vacuum it up. It was it was it was inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Most people would be offended. You're inspired. I was inspired by his ability to consume food. Um, That's, and I'll tell you what too. I mean, and again, not pointing just at drugs, but you know, growth hormone. My, I'm not even saying that necessarily had anything to do with Mr. Stride. I'm, I'll, you know, wink, wink. But what I learned about that was, you know, the the, the massive, massive food consumption. And I don't, you know, the old, you know, anabolic androgenic steroids increase appetite, sure, but there seems to be a link, uh, you know, with growth hormone. I, I remember being at a competition; it was a, a national level competition, and I saw the guest poser wolf down. I think I mentioned this weeks ago, but two dozen powdered donuts, and I thought, yeah. oh, the guy's just gonna be fat, you know. He gets on stage, bink, 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 out pop his intercostals, and I, and I remember. Um, Mentioning the powdered donuts to a competitor, a guy who was actually competing, and he was um, almost certainly a GH user. And he said, "He said, no, Lana, you don't understand. Every calorie you eat becomes lean mass. So it behooves you to suck in as much as you can of everything you can. Every gram of those donuts is going to become new muscle tissue, nothing else. You know, because he's on so much. You know, whether it's you know regular gas plus the GH and et cetera." And so that's where I had my first-hand exposure of, you know, see, seeing some of these just truly enormous competitors and how, you know, the, that many IUs of GH every day, it, it makes you so lean. Like you said, he was lean, and he's just – now, don't get me wrong. These guys are also eating a lot of clean food, too. I mean, you know, multiple yeah. chickens or whole turkeys or pounds of steak and that sort of thing, and then washing it down, though, with, you know, with some of this other stuff. And it just really kind of floored me. That you know the, the nutrient partitioning was such that you know you could get away with that. So yeah, and I mean, not to turn this into a discussion about GH, but yeah, like I actually had a top competitor who I won't name 
years ago telling me he, he, he eats one or two huge chocolate cakes a day. Like, you know those McCain cakes? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he'd eat but those by, like, he'd eat several of those a day. And oh, I boy. remember him saying to me, I eat everything I'm supposed to, and then everything else I can cram in as well. And he, he had, again, this particular individual thoroughly admitted he was using boatloads of tests in GH. And yeah, yeah. he said the same thing. He said, It sort of enables the whole process. Yeah, and he said the exact same thing that you said. He told me, I said, really, you eat chocolate cake? Because at the time, I knew much less than I did now. I was like, really, you eat all that chocolate cake and stuff? He says, you don't get it. He says, if I eat clean and nothing but clean, I well, just waste was away. It? He says, yeah. I need to eat just calories. And at, at, yeah. at the end of the day, after all the cans of tuna and all the chicken and all that stuff, you're still, you, 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 you know, I still am, I'm shy of what I want to hit calorically. So I just, you know, so then you, at that point, you just, you know, it's suicide mission, three McCain cakes and a bucket of ice cream, you know, kind Unbelievable. of Unbelievable, yeah. But, well, uh, I'll tell you, let's, um, let's talk about what we ha- have done. I'm going to tell a couple of stories, and I think it will probably trigger you too, Rob. But um, uh, here's a couple of things, maybe from the land of reality, <laughs> you know, instead of the land of stridum or something. <laughs> but... You know, I remember when I was in grad school, you know, we were all lifting and, you know, we were putting on weight very fast and everything. I remember eating um, over a pound of pasta and, I don't know, pound and a half of ground turkey or ground beef. And I remember my brother and, and one of my training partners, he looked at me and said, you eat like a bird. And I thought, oh, my God, is this what it's going to take? I mean, you know, a pound, I mean, that's, that's like two and a half pounds of just stuff in your gut. You know, and sometimes it makes me wonder that if maybe the GH d- didn't help, you know, um, with gastric motility or moving it through. Because how do they not like literally perforate their stomachs? You know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just I, I'm thinking I'm doing a good job. And apparently that's eating like a bird. And I'll tell you once, and this isn't so much a volume thing uh, necessarily. I guess it could be, but we used to have uh, containers of protein around. You the know, house. I was going to ask you to bring this up. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought this up because I love this story. Go ahead. Well, there's actually there's two related ones, but I used to have that old the old stuff. It tastes like cake batter. It was fantastic. It was called Heavyweight Gainer 900, and I don't yeah. think you remember that. I don't think it's still in the market. I don't I know. I don't think so either. Um, but my brother kept getting into it, and it really hacked me off. So I literally drilled a hole in the lid and threw the sides. It was a very heavy plastic container, and I put a padlock on it so you could not spin the lid. And I came <laughs> home after a evening class once, and that fool had it, you know. Broken, he had broken into it. He had, I don't know, <laughs> chopped his way through the side of it. And he's spooning it up sitting there, and he looks at me all smug, and I didn't say a word. I just dove at him like I was coming off a diving board. No, no, no words. And we just got in a massive fight. And I remember grabbing him by the back of the head and ramming his face into the rug, you know, going, <laughs> you want the protein? Eat the protein, you know, because he ruined it. He broke the container. It was ruined, you know. It was. It just hacked me off so badly because I was living on that stuff. You know, in grad school, you don't have a unlimited uh, funds. Oh God, we we got in the biggest. Actually, that led to one of the biggest fights ever. The, the in fact, it was the last time we fought because we, when we were done after pulling the fridge door off the fridge and half the cabinets were torn off the wall. You know, the big holes and doors and, and things like that. And I remember sitting there looking at each other, and I think he said something like. I guess we're too big to do this anymore. You know, we can't fight anymore because when we were kids, we fought like cats and dogs. But, you know, wasn't when you got a couple of 225-pound men doing that, that's that's not cool anymore. Wasn't it, what, you know? wasn't it you said something to him when he was, like, smashing clock or something like Ray John Brother or something like that? Oh, yeah. that's what, Yeah, that was a, a different time. But, yeah, he put his he put his fist through the clock and the wall behind it. And I just, <laughs> Ray John Brother. 
You know, no, but tell tell a story as well. The, the the one where you were saying you came home and there was like a him, your brother, and a, a couple of his friends or something, lifting buddies, and one of them was <laughs> eating with a spoon the powder. Oh yeah, well that, that's what I was gonna say. The, the related story is yeah, 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 another one of my roommates. Um, I came home and he he had a giant container of protein. I don't know what brand it was, and he, he it was just a little bit in the bottom. And he's sitting there with a spoon watching TV, and I knew he had just bought it. And I'm like, dude, you know, I mean, it's gone. And is <laughs> to me this this borders on some kind of binge eating disorder. I mean, like, I think you just consumed sixty thousand calories. <laughs> and and he, you know, he ate it and he ate it dry with a spoon. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what your problem is, but that is that's outside of, that's out of bounds. You're drifting out of bounds. And I'll tell you, for the next 48 hours, I think he just laid on his back with gas. It was horrific yeah. because obviously you can't digest, you know, four and a half pounds or five pounds of dry protein powder. So, <laughs> yeah, wacky tails, man. Just trying of, to force anabolism through diet in one way. I guess. In, in uh, some yeah, way. there's forced eating and then there's just retardation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's insane. But, but, yeah, I mean, there's so many stories about this. Like, you know, of course, the, uh, you know, Greg Kovacs certainly um, – you know, tells of him, you know, starting one meal after to the, you know, at the same time he's on the can for the meal before, you know, just, just endless eating, you know, and certainly we're not condoning this kind of nonsense because at some point you're just abusing yourself with food, like you say, Lonnie, and who the hell knows as far as what kind of potential damage can be done from eating so much. But oh, yeah, man. there are, there are some stories that in, in bodybuilding that, that are just hilarious. And certainly like, I remember, um, if you do, because you were with me, Lonnie, um, one time when we went to see that seminar conducted by Dave Tate and Louis Simmons and the West Side Gang. Yeah, I got Inc. the picks still. Yeah, we actually um, offered to help them move their equipment back to West Side because, you know, more more than anything, we wanted to see the inside of the gym. And this is before they moved to where they are now. Yeah. Um, we went and they were like, and totally cool guys, you know, and they were like, hey, you know, we're going out to have something to eat. You want to come with us? And then, do you remember, Lonnie, we went out, we were sitting around that big table and everybody was just like, I mean, the, the total poundage of body weight around that table, because there was about 12 or 13 of us, um, it was, I mean, it was retarded. And this, this, and yeah. clearly the woman that was serving us was used to the West Side Boys coming in to this place, because she was just, you know, coming back and forth with plates and plates and plates and plates and endless plates. And it was, uh, it was comical to a degree, so... It is. And I'll tell you, you do learn to eat enormous amounts of food. You become very comfortable. And I think that's that's why some guys, when they stop lifting, you know, they, they get fat. Yeah. And then the lay person says, oh, muscle turns to fat. They don't realize it's different kinds of cells. And muscle cannot become fat in the way that they think. But, right. I mean, I remember going on a job interview once, and the guy's like, oh, this is a um, – you know, this is a great place. It was uh, in the early stages when Chipotle, you know, was getting popular. And – I got two of those giant burritos and just annihilated them. And I think he's just looking at me like, oh, my God. You know, those are like 1,100 calories a piece or something. But I think, again, you get used to consuming large amounts of food like that. Like, Rob, I know you or I – I mean, I can eat a large pizza and not blink uh, an eye. I, I would slow down between one and two large pizzas. I don't know if you've ever eaten two. Uh, I don't think I've eaten too large. I've eaten too mediums easy, but yeah. But you know, you get used to that, and I yeah. mean, you know, that, that's a, that's a gigantic amount of food, and and I think it, it's because even if you're not, you know, sky high, riding high on on uh, all kinds of uh, gas and and GH and everything else, it, it does trigger anabolism on some yeah. level. I mean, you know, the, the old phrase, "Nothing's more anabolic than a calorie." There is some truth to that. We've laid down some literature on this very show with references about. 
you know, how uh, uh, a certain amount of the, the additional body weight gain is, in fact, lean tissue, somewhere between like 13 and 30 percent probably. And, you know, so it's, I don't know, it's easy to get used to it. You know, when I was uh, an editor the first time through at Muscle Mag, I remember I was compete. I'm getting ready in 96 for what is now my last bodybuilding competition in the Toronto Championships. And I remember, and now this is Bob Kennedy, you know, the famous Robert, Robert Kennedy, coming into my office pissed off <laughs> because <laughs> on my desk I had, I had two blenders. <laughs> and I had these damn blenders, they were on the desk, and I had these blenders going. For the four or five months before that competition, I had these blunders going constantly, and I remember him coming in once, steaming mad, spitting, for you know, with his inimitable British right. accent. Boy, boy, <laughs> fortress with the bloody hell you guys got going in here. You know, the whole place is all you can hear is blunders going yeah. all day. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. you know, just living the dream, brother. <laughs> all right, I know that was a short topic of the day, everybody, but. And there's probably many more tales to be told. Maybe we'll, we'll bring Phil on, Phil in on this next time. But we're just about out of time. So, anyway. so, so people remember next week, Bob Chichirillo will be a good show. So don't miss it. Yeah, I bet he's got some good tales himself. Mm-hmm, sure. All right. Well, see you next week, everybody. Later. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount. However, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place. That's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.